Episode 57. 57. 57. Well, you know who the fuck it is. It is Goodnight Harlem with Avi Gotson. Law will made it. <laughs> I hate her so much. I'm Law and this is Avia. We are your esteemed hosts for Goodnight Harlem. And we're going to start the show as we always do with Hyper Good Nights. For those of you who don't know what Hyper Good Nights are, we hype things we like, we good night things that we don't like, and occasionally we'll hype night something that we're a little bit more nuanced on. Um, I know. Based on all the topics we have today, on top of Hyper Good Nights, we have a pretty good main topic. So I can't wait to get there. But let's start off with these Hyper Good Nights. So Avi, first, how have you been? I know the audience hasn't heard from you in a little bit. I've been great. I've been busy. I've been, uh, as Law would say, from one side of the country to the other on any given day. For real. (laughs) Whatever. For real. (laughs) But, you know, I think what's interesting is that we are recording the show days and a day before Law is going to Italy, mm-hmm. and I'm going to Paris. So you know, good night, Harlem's gonna be repping in Europe. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, how are by, you? By the time by the time I uh, touch down, which will be end of the day tomorrow uh-huh. night, I'm gonna just make sure that. Uh, nobody calls me out of my name. That's really my goal for the trip. Nobody calls me out of my name. Nobody says something to me in another language like Muliani or anything like that, whereas I'm going to have to fuck them up. Are you going to look up all the bad words in different languages to make sure that no one's calling you by anything? That's That's right. That's good. That's, that's exactly that's right. Good. Don't don't say yeah. anything where I have to. Don't fuck end you up, up like ASAP Rocky now. You know, beating people up and ending up in jail. That's real. Because <laughs> Trump ain't gonna help you out. He don't know you. But also, you don't know I'm, the Kardashians. I, don't don't have me have to be the person that fucked you up. Ooh. You're gonna learn today. That no, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, that's not the <laughs> way I, I am wanna... thinking. You're just gonna be eating some pasta and living it up. <laughs> that's not the way I want to begin the show. A lot of swearing for no reason. Sorry, not sorry. All right, let's start the show. So first off and foremost, for those of you who don't live in New York City or hadn't lived in New York City ever, you may or may not know who Mayor Michael Bloomberg was. I believe he was in office for, damn, since like from, I want to say 2002 to around 2012. He was the only mayor that that created a law where he could extend his term as a mayor. Yeah, (laughs) I can't remember. He was mayor forever. For a long time. All right. I said all that to say um, he is now trying to run for president of the United States, of course. And <laughs> to say that pandering or anything is a part of the presidential race would be an understatement. And in this case, Michael Bloomberg is one of the people who helped to institute New York's polarizing, polarizing campaign called Stop and Frisk. And if you don't know what Stop and Frisk is, that is when they stop people as they're walking through the subway turnstiles, coming in and out, and asking to frisk them to let them know what they have on them. Oh, man. So what he did is went to a black church, and at that black church, he apologized to the black people within the church for not only the Stop and Frisk rules, but how it impacted them. Obviously, the internet had a field day with this, so I want to start with you. This is real true New York news. Hyper good night to Mayor Bloomberg going back to the black community and apologizing for the stop and frisk rule. <laughs> I'm definitely good nighting it. Um, it's just obvious what his motivation is. 
Mm-hmm. It's super obvious. And you know what really offends me the most is people like him thinking that his motivation is not obvious to us because we're not smart enough to see it. Right. Like, that is super offensive. I would say if you were going to run for president, maybe you should apologize a couple years ago so that we wouldn't be linking it to you now wanting to get the black vote. Maybe you should have done this well ahead of time just to set the stage for when you actually want to run so that we wouldn't be connecting it as this is the reason why you're apologizing. But you didn't think that far. You decided to do a lot of things on the last minute, even when it comes to even entering this race. Um, And unfortunately, that's not going to work in your favor because let me tell you something. If a person outside New York doesn't really know who you are, they may know you as a billionaire who has his own channel and has his own magazine and his own business and everything like that. Guess what? When they Google you now, they're going to see that you apologize for doing something that was pretty much just not really constitutional. Um, The way that stop and frisk was even being carried out tactically wasn't even constitutional. There was a lot of racial profiling to the point where you couldn't even sit on your stoop without a cop coming up to you and asking you where you lived and you having to prove yourself. Like there's been instances of this happening when stop and frisk was like really, really like prominent. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like 2000, what, 14. I think they had 650 cases of stop and frisk. And while that number has gone down by probably like 80, 70 percent, it's like. Look at all the people's lives that you've impacted. People have died from police racial profiling them. So your apology is too late, and we don't accept it. So good night. <laughs> I want to hype night this. Um, on the, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more in the middle for this. In specific to, one, I appreciate, and I'll give him this. This is where the, the good is. I appreciate him owning up to what he did and basically being honest like it wasn't okay. And it shouldn't have happened. Um, anytime you can acknowledge your fault, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, genuine. Because there's a bunch of people that wouldn't. You think Trump is going to acknowledge his fault? Ever? No. He's not. There's just certain people that just aren't built that way. So I'll give him that one piece of small, tiny credit. But on the flip side, it is very obvious that it is pandering. It's very obvious that you're only doing this because you're running for president. And if you didn't think about that in advance, that's completely on you. And so I have no sympathy for whatever position that he ends up in or whatever. But I will say this much. Um, I believe that if you are running, you need to run on things that you genuinely believe. And I think, yes, he probably does believe that he did something wrong. But in the moment, you didn't think you were doing something wrong. And not only did you not think you were doing something wrong, you ignored the consequences and the actions that were happening around you. So I don't think that you would make a good leader. But that's my two cents. Well, how did, what makes you think that his uh, his apology is sincere knowing that he's pandering? Well, at the end of the day, I didn't say anything about it being genuinely sincere. I did say on but the you're, flip you're side. But you're agreeing that he's admitting side, to being wrong, though. I'm happy that he can admit that he was wrong. Yeah. It's hard for people to do that. It's easy when you need something from them. Okay. <laughs> I'm Vigi. <laughs> All right, next up on our list, uh, Colin Kaepernick is trying to get back in the NFL. The NFL uh, came out and said, hey, we're going to let you hold a workout in Atlanta, and we're going to send out a lot of our um, 
a lot of our scouting staff across each one of the teams to come view you and what you have to bring to the table. So just note, you do well in this, you could potentially have another job, okay? But within that, they asked him to sign a contract. Uh, not only did they ask him to sign a contract, but they asked him to pretty much sign his life away. And he said no. And not only that, but he didn't agree to anything in the contract because he felt like he can get a better situation elsewhere. Avia, I really want to take this to you. Hyper good night to Colin Kaepernick moving his workout from Atlanta to the Burbs in GA. Uh, I'm going to hype it. I was on the fence, but after doing a little bit more research, I feel like everything that he did was, of course, for his own gain. But at the end of the day, there has been nothing that has transpired since he's been out the NFL that has happened for his own gain. So if there's ever an opportunity for him to present himself to these teams that he wants to work for in a way that he he can without it being controlled by the very people that have silenced him, then I understand him controlling that narrative. Now, I looked up the facility or the high school where he moved his, um, his practice to, his workout to, and it was 20 minutes outside of the Falcons sta uh, stadium in Atlanta. And, you know, 20 minutes in Atlanta is not really 20 minutes in Atlanta. If you're from Atlanta, if you've ever been to Atlanta, you know traffic is crazy. Dumb stupid. So, Dumb so stupid. 20 minutes can easily turn into 45 minutes to an hour. So, from what I hear, you know, like seven or eight teams actually made it to the high school. Meanwhile, there's 25 teams that are looking at his workout through the tapes that he sent. Um, I don't really know the logistics of how he communicated with these teams as far as like how much time in advance he told them that it was going to be at this new location. Um, so I could be wrong on that. Hopefully there was enough time. Maybe you can correct me, you know, in your hyper good night. But I do understand him wanting to control his narrative the best way that he can because he doesn't trust the NFL at this point. The, 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 the good nighty part of my hype, so I guess it is a hype night, <laughs> is how do you work for a company or for a league that you don't trust? How do you re-enter into a space where you feel like you are a target? So at that point, I'm kind of like, okay, clearly you have a high love for football to the point where it's carrying you to want to play again and this is your passion and this is all you know. So this is what is bringing you to this. But on the flip side, I'm kind of like, waters are muddy. They are super muddy. And I don't mean to go on a ramp, but it's like Colin kneeled for police brutality. He got kicked out of the NFL based off of the controversy of his actions. They did not agree with that. It did not uh, uh, align with the sport and what was happening and the attention that he was getting towards that. So if he does get back into the NFL, is he gonna kneel again? Is he not gonna kneel again? Police brutality hasn't gone anywhere. I'm going to wonder what is going to happen to the movement. And I think that's what's getting lost in this whole thing. There's him playing and there's the movement. And if he plays again, the movement will be lost. So that's where my good night comes in. Okay. So around Colin moving the workout specifically, I, I, I'm, I'm going to hype night the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And that's two hype nights in a row, but it's for very specific reasons. 
on one end, I'm hyping this because Colin absolutely understands where he stands with the NFL. So, if you understand where you stand with the league, uh, you have a better chance of not only uh, getting yourself in a, a, a better position, but you have a better chance of defending yourself when things come up. Right. So, Colin has good lawyers. Uh, the NFL has good lawyers. They were asking him to sign a standard piece of documentation that they give to people but in order for if he was to sign that piece of documentation that would basically give him less rights to things that he's already pitched and kind of owns and runs so my good night on this though from Colin's thing is and I hate to kind of reiterate what Stephen A had said at all because I don't agree with a lot of what he's saying to this either (laughs) Uh, Colin you're showing up for a job interview essentially and however that job interview goes is what's going to dictate whether or not you get a job. And frankly, um, if you're doing things that are distracting and not making anything make money, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you have to you have to pick a side. And Colin has to understand that if you want to work for the Assimilation League, which that's what it is. It's the Parity League. They expect each team to have similar everything. They expect everything to be militant. And they don't care about what your individual thoughts are on things. They only care about the team. So if he wants to be a part of that again, he has to know what comes with that. I personally don't understand why he would ever want to go back. But maybe it's because I've never had that luck of being great at football. It's a conflict of interest. The whole thing is a conflict of interest. That's right. All right, next up. Summer Walker decided that she had enough of you motherfuckers. We don't deserve you, Summer. <laughs> we don't deserve you. <laughs> um, and she's deciding to, I, I don't want to use these words lightly, but she's deciding to cancel her tour dates. She's going to finish out her existing tour, but then cancel dates that are beyond the existing tour. I said all that to say, hyper goodnight, Avia, to Summer actually... Going out of her way to cancel the remainder of her shows. I want to hear what you got to say about this. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I, I can start this. One, I want to say I am hyped for her decision. I am very hyped for somebody that understands himself well enough to whereas money is not the objective. It is being a good person and neighbor to me. Um... People expect her to, I don't know how to say this. They expect her to be on like a Beyonce when she's never wanted it that way. And they expect her to be on in situations where normal celebrities would be when she's been very clear that she's not that way. And I'll give you an example. There's a girl that posted something out about trying to meet Summer backstage. And when she posted this to her IG, the shit went OD super crazy viral. It started a lot of this conversation. What it, what happened on the story? So this girl paid for back pay, back uh, stage passes to see Summer after the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer said, "Can you please keep a little bit of distance between us, and I can just take the picture from like, like they're both sitting on the couch, but there's a little gap between them." And the girl was asking her questions, and Summer was just like, "I'm not really here to kind of answer questions. Just take pictures of people. I'm sorry," and that did not go over well, especially somebody that loves her music that much. And this was on the IG story? Like someone was filming this as it was no, happening? No, not an IG story. Oh. She just posted it on IG. Oh, you can see the little space between them. Oh, you can hear the girl story, blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. And that went viral. And I went, 
you guys have this expectation that everybody needs to be the same when it comes to handling this celebrity shit. Not everybody's going to handle it the same. So then at the point that she's not handling it, the worst thing you could possibly do is double down on that and say, well, fuck you. You're supposed to give us what we want. Maybe she just can't. Maybe she really does genuinely have social anxiety and you're making it worse. And people don't care about that because they're like, you're rich. Figure it out. Your rich figure it out is not an answer to a social anxiety. <laughs> I've been telling Rob Kardashian this the same thing for years and years and years. You're rich. Figure it out. <laughs> now I feel bad. Kind of. <laughs> but I hated Black Twitter's reaction to a lot of this because it was mostly negative at her. So even when she accepted her Soul Train Award, people came for her neck because she didn't say very much. She didn't thank all everybody that was outside of who created the production. She didn't go, thanks for the fans, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard people, you know, grabbing back to her past. How are you comfortable with stripping for a long time, but you're uncomfortable if a fan comes to meet you? How is this any different in terms of transaction? I think the stripping thing is probably what has people perplexed, though, because stripping is an occupation a lot of people would have anxiety about doing. I'm not condoning their stance. I'm just saying I can understand that confusion. I can't. Um, so you're. So I'm I'm I am hyped for her canceling her tour dates. I understand why people want to see her, but you also have to understand what anxiety actually means and not be a fucking asshole about it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hype this up. While, like I said, the, the whole stripping aspect of it all, I do. Uh, it, I mean, it's not something that we can understand as people. You, we can't be the we can't. Where, where are you going? We can't that, be right? the ones to determine what someone should be comfortable with exactly. and what they're not comfortable with. So while I can sit here and be like, "Hey, I would never be comfortable with stripping," but I can definitely accept a, a Soul Train award. Like I have no problem making a speech. I can definitely say, "Well, if I was comfortable with stripping, I would think I would be comfortable making a speech at the Soul Train Awards when I'm accepting an award." But I'm not her, so I can't tell her what she needs to be comfortable at. Um, on the general consensus of her social anxiety, if you saw how she accepted her award at the Soul Train Awards, we can all clearly see the girl has major anxiety. Major. And so when it comes to having a tour, people are not expecting you to just show up on stage and sing songs. People want interaction. They want stories in between songs. They want, you know... Some sort of feeling that you're talking to them, that you are aware they are theirs. They want a connection. Oh, so they want Beyonce? What I'm saying is they She's want a that. connection. But you, and if Summer knows she cannot you, provide that, then yes, you, you're doing yourself a great service by bowing out. Because she, she knows that she cannot give her fans what they are expecting of her. Well, let me ask you this question. I'm this agreeing with you. No, no, no. But this is my. But only even look at there. Beyonce. But Beyonce is, is not the most social person either. She's she's very Colin Kaepernick in the way that she approaches her whole her no, but whole if image. You want to do a but but she, uh, yes, she backstage has, thing with Beyonce. She is going to talk to you. Does she's she have backstage things? You. Yeah, but it's expensive as fuck. My thing is, this. And I don't know if she does it now that she has kids, but she used to. My thing is this: Beyonce has never been one to be in the forefront of media when it comes to interviews when it we can count on probably two hands out of how many interviews that she's actually had with people in her 20-year career 
We can probably count on two hands, and that's not a lot. She is a very controlled image, and they say that she is painfully shy. So we don't know what kind of hurdles she has had to go through to be this person that she is now, where she is like surface level making it through. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't know what kind of internal um, anxiety she's going through just to even be the way that she is now. And nobody wants to have that conversation though. I know. Now you would think that you would think that because mental health is is coming to the forefront as something we need to pay attention to, people would be more understanding. Well, they're not going to be understanding because she's rich. We don't know how much Summer makes. No, but that's the whole that's the whole thing. It's like you're rich. We're paying to see you, so you need to figure it out. Kanye West is rich, but he still has mental (laughs) issues. So what? (laughs) I mean, if if they want to use that as as an example. Kanye West is 15 million times richer than Summer Walker. He has admitted to having mental health issues. So what is people's point? I don't get it. (laughs) Don't understand. (laughs) Let the girl live. My thing is this. At least if she's bowing out for real and not doing like a little Uzi Vert bow out and coming back. If she's bowing out for real and maybe she's just going to be making music and just not like touring and you know maybe she'll just be writing for people at least she's bowing out on a really good album like she's leaving on a really good note her album was amazing and i concur that's the best time you should leave probably huh <laughs> yeah leave leave with your arm in the air like jordan in his sixth championship but don't come back out of retirement don't like come back did. as number 45 now oh. <laughs> 23 was all we needed <laughs> okay next up <sighs> we're going to talk about social media for once because we rarely do. We rarely talk about social media as the actual apps themselves. We normally talk about what people are saying, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, Instagram announced that they're going to be removing likes across the board, but they're doing it staggered out. And so some people can still see likes, other people can't. But it's specific to you personally not being able to see other people's likes. You can still know who likes your shit. But you can't know exactly what or how many people have liked their shit. All right. Avia, let's go with you. Hyper goodnight to Instagram removing likes from people's feeds. I am so hyping this. Like, so hyping this. Um, Gary V actually spoke about this. And he was hyping it. I mean, that wasn't the word that he used. But (laughs) if he were on the show, he'd be hyping it too. Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how you look at Instagram now. And a lot of this content that we see is so curated. Because people are worried about or thinking about how many people can they predict liking what they're about to post. And people choosing their content based off of what they think their like status will be after posting XYZ picture or clip. So he was saying that this will change the game because now people will feel more comfortable actually posting what they really want to post. Because there's not going to be any visual aspect of how how popular it is. And people will feel more comfortable just putting up what they want to put up instead of what they think people want to see or what they think people will really like and and make them look good as far as this content has so many likes. Um, I I think that also, you know, 
because of the, the liking hierarchy and the popularity on Instagram, depending on who you are, you see a lot of the same things. You see all these girls who all look the same, pose the same, dress the same, because they know what gets likes. And I think what's gonna happen is content is gonna change, the way people post is gonna change. I don't know what's gonna happen with these influencers. Are companies just gonna be reaching out to Instagram and saying, hey, like how popular is this person? Cause we can't tell if they bought their followers or not. And we don't know what kind of engagement they're getting on their posts. I don't know how that's gonna change for the for the um, influencers, influencers out there that rely on Instagram heavy for a paycheck, but that ain't my problem. So. <laughs> But no, I'm interested in seeing how this will go. It's it's gonna change some things around. I think that's what they needed to do. <sighs> so uh, hype night to this on my end. Um, I've done a lot of digging into this because of what I do for a living. So I would yeah, say I can't wait to hear what you guys. I would say. say first, let's start with the hype. The hype is this to me actually helps for all the kind of. All the kind of bullying and social—what's uh, the word I want to use? In society, we have this thing where we prop up certain people for no fucking reason. We do. We we, no we like reason. we give them a stature that they do not actually or should not actually. Five hundred likes on a person's foot. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a it's a pedicured foot, but it's a foot. Right. So <laughs> we give certain people a lot of stature for no reason. And I said all that to say, when you yourself post something out, you're posting it with the mindset that I need to achieve what I've seen someone else achieve. And if I don't see that, then clearly there's something wrong with me. And with that being the case, I think one of the things that this is really going to help and the Instagram CEO actually talked about this, it's going to help the mental health of the youth more than anything it's key for them not to feel like and every adults. single time they <laughs> post something that there needs to be this lock of pressure that goes underneath that however based on studies and during the little small groups that they've done teenagers even talked about how many pictures they take of themselves before they post them which means there's nothing you're going to do whether it's via Instagram, Snapchat, or any social platform that's going to change the amount of pressure that they put on themselves. So here comes the dark side of this. If you're taking away the thing that they get the most affirmation from, what do you think that the youth is going to do when it comes down to your application? They're not going to stay. They will go away and go to something that actually fulfills that void. So you have to be very careful. They already view Facebook Blue App a lot as something that's more for mature, older adults and not for them. They more or less like to play on the grounds of the TikToks of the world, which, as well as um, IG occasionally. And you still have a, a good sizable amount of that demographic that's still on Snapchat. So I said all that to say, if you take away something that gives them a reason to go there, just know what's going to happen. Your followers and or your users could potentially go down, which then in itself could potentially hurt the platform long term. I guess because I've been on Snapchat before, Snapchat's already there. Instagram's doing what Snapchat has been doing since the beginning of time, which is you don't see how many people follow someone on Snapchat. You don't see how many views someone gets on Snapchat. You don't see any of those, um, those numbers. So 
in Snapchat, people are popular on Snapchat and there's hierarchy there, but there is no visual metric that you see on a consistent basis when you're looking at someone's snap on Snapchat. So essentially Instagram is already following in Snapchat's footsteps. I, I would wonder what would these younger people go to if they weren't staying on Instagram for this reason. And can I ask you this? Yeah. Cause you have this knowledge. What's going to happen with these influencers? Listen, they're fine. There's nothing. They'll be fine. So these brands are going to reach out to Instagram. I'll just tell you what they're going to do. This is how it happens. They don't need to reach out to Instagram for anything. They already know how many followers you have. And But people people buy followers. Hold on, but that doesn't go away. They know how many followers you have. And they can dedupe and find out how many of those people are real. I can do that with anybody's account right now. Okay. And outside of that... Uh, it's easy for any influencer to turn over their account to a brand so that they can look at the data on the background. Gotcha. So okay. at the point that that's all still there, none of it really matters. Okay. Like, a, like if you're an influencer, you still get all the perks about being an influencer. Okay, good. Well, I mean, I think it's a win-win for everybody then. Great. Okay. Next up on our list, I'm going to let you take this one, actually. Which you one give the one? You give the detail. Mrs. Jocelyn. Joycelyn. Oh, Joycelyn Savage. I, I, I'm calling that motherfucker Jocelyn. It's okay. I mean, she's what never are, caught, she's R. Never Kelly's victim number 257. Um, Joycelyn Savage and Asriel Cleary are two women that were featured in uh, R. Kelly's six-part documentary series where both of their families were trying to get them uh, to escape his uh, home. R. Kelly is currently serving time in prison. Um, while he awaits trials for all these people that he's molested. I don't even know which case he's in trial for now. I can't keep track. But he's in Chicago in prison, miles away from his Trump residence where Azriel and Joycelyn live. And Joycelyn has taken it upon herself to put out a two-part story that is going to continue, I assume, on the platform Patreon. Patreon is a a platform where artists can go post things and really you're gonna say artists you're really gonna make this about no, the artists. no no artists can i mean the way that i know patreon is a lot of artists use them it is not obvious being it's so a, it's nice a, it's right a paid now. platform you have yes. to pay to view the platform yes but for the most part most of the content that's on that website is pornographic I didn't even know that. Honestly. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a pa- I'm not a Patreon user. So yeah, yeah fill in where being what, way too nice right now. I'm being nice on accident because I didn't even realize that. Okay, <laughs> I did not realize that. Honestly, I'm like what? But you have to pay artists. to. <laughs> I oh, she's just going to what artists. I honestly but... did not know that Patreon was mostly like pornographic. Yeah, man. I gone to events for Patreon and it wasn't that. Oh, fill us in. Abby. I'm talking about like the insecure premiere, like stuff like that. Yeah, that's what they called it. Okay, but Issa yeah. Rae was actually there and she had all her clothes on. Oh, she on. had it popping? Shut up. The <laughs> line was around the block, too. Listen, I, I did not realize Patreon was that. So, wow. Okay, well, that changes the whole dynamic of things. But, anyways, she would be getting a cut. From people reading her story and getting clicks and everything like that. She has a $3 a month subscription fee. Yeah, so if enough people pay for it, she could uh, rack up enough money to go to the McDonald's where he probably picked her up at. Jokes. Um, so, bad joke. So, <laughs> so at, um, Asriel, not Asriel, Joycelyn, um, she was the one that was seen on TMZ 
uh, stating that everything was fine, stating that R. Kelly has never made her do anything that she doesn't want to do. She's been in a couple other interviews um, with Gail King and, you know, comes off as a person that has ultimate Stockholm syndrome, right? She has now presented these stories on Patreon detailing things that Robert Kelly have done has done to her during her time under his reign and under his control. And everyone has gone haywire with their reactions. A lot of people do not care. They're saying, girl, bye. Oh, the money must be running dry. So now you need our attention and our help. You didn't care about this when we were asking you to come out and you had all these chances to come out and, and escape the situation and your family's been trying to get you out for the last eight years. And now you want to come out? So hyper good night. (laughs) (laughs) This could be a two part hyper good night. Hyper good night to Joycelyn finally coming out and shedding her story and being vulnerable and letting people know what she's going through. And also hyper good night to people's reactions and their lack of care. Uh, One, I'm going to, I'm going to hype that she actually wants to present her story. I'm going to hype that because I think anybody that has that kind of story should want to be able to share that to the with the world and not be judged if they want to share that with the world. Um, I would say this much, though. If it's about you needing money, there's so many women activist groups that could have helped you out. There's so many people that are willing to open their arms to you so that you go back to your parents. But if you feel the need to continue on in this kind of R. Kelly purgatory, mm. uh, stay with that then. Uh, stay blessed. Uh, be safe. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. She already has. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think the other side of this where people are getting angry that I'm not getting angry at is the idea that, one, you want to profit off of this story. Uh, didn't they do that already with VH1? So shouldn't you be able to profit off of it? Okay. And then two, and this is, I don't know, maybe this is a bigger thing. People feel as if she's had numerous opportunities to come home or do whatever she wanted to do and she didn't until R. Kelly got locked up. So how can we respect you or how do we take you seriously when you didn't want to take yourself seriously when he was actually around? Mm. Because she was a little kid and being manipulated. You dumb fuck. Like that's the start of that conversation to me. So that's where I'll leave it. Go. Uh, I, I, will, I will hype her telling her story. Uh, oh, here I, comes the however. <laughs> I'll hype her telling her. Well, it was two parts, so I, you know, uh, I'll hype her telling her story because, like you said, she should be allowed to, just like the other victims were. I don't think the other victims got monetary compensation for being on the on the special, though. So the 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 route that she's taking is interesting, and I think that's what makes people a little upset. Um, I will say this though. Um, it's kind of like the Bloomberg situation. It's kind of like the Mayor Bloomberg situation. Please give me this analogy so I can understand. Help okay. me help you. Apologies are great. Confessions are great. But the timing of it is what's a little bit shaky. So people feel like the only reason she is coming out is because money is running dry. And there will literally be no way that she can survive as a person while her her master, 
her daddy, her whatever she called him, her boyfriend is in jail and will probably be in jail up until 2021 or even longer if he's convicted or found guilty or anything. And I think reality is hit at this point. And I don't know what kind of dire straits they're going through in Trump Towers right now, but things must not be the way they used to be. And I think that she realizes that. And I think that now she feels like, well, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to just be normal again. And she's admitted to not having good grammar and spelling words wrong and, you know, everything like that. We know. We can read it. My thing is, I really want her to get the help that she needs, but... But do you really? No. But does she <laughs> exactly. really? But no. does she really? No. That's, no, answer. no. That's the question. Does she really? Because if she's... Would she be doing this... Had he not had these financial troubles, had he not had be in the position that he's in, this is what people are wondering. And so, like you said, at the point where you don't care about yourself to a certain extent, why should I care about you more than you care about yourself? Help me. Help, help you. you. Help me. Like, so... <laughs> so that's where it is it's, it's, it's very convoluted And I think the timing of it Is just a little ironic I don't know where Azriel is I'm like gosh we haven't heard a peep from her I don't know if it's like Did Joycelyn turn on Azriel like, were they, Weren't they a united front Azriel was the one who was Popping off on Gail King if you remember She was like the speaker box Of the two so now I'm kind of like what's, what's the dynamic in there What's going on? And then on top of that, Joycelyn is talking about his assistant who has helped carry out some of these dealings with younger women. And I'm just like, what kind of tension does that bring in the R. Kelly Trump Tower situation? So I it's just all dropping. It's all dramatic. It's all sorts of dramatics. I, I feel for her, but, you know, girlfriend, you got to come so on. So you now. actually hype nighted this. Because yeah, you originally gave did. one, and then you, you basically went the gambit of both. I guess I did. Okay, very good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say after that because I was expecting that. All right. I didn't know what I was going to say until I said it. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's our final hyper good night of the day before we get into the main topic. So, if you guys have been living under a rock, you probably wouldn't know that uh, mm. Tesla's uh, lead guy, Elon Musk, was there to launch their first ever Tesla truck. And it's going to be the first electronic electric truck of its size and you can expect to get anywhere from 200 miles to 500 miles before you need to charge the thing again i said all that to say um this is one of those things where if you for whatever reason aren't into technology or for whatever reason don't like the idea that uh big brother is happening or something like that you're going to have no interest in anything that i'm about to say but uh, he's created a vehicle, not him himself, but the company, the company's created a vehicle that will allow for things like, I don't know, a sledgehammer being hidden to the door and not moving. Um, that will also allow for you know, self-driving and all these other things. But during their launch event, they tried to overstep. They tried to throw something extremely heavy into the window and it burst the window. <sighs> <laughs> I said all that to say, Avia, hyper good night to this new Cybertruck that's being released and how it just sold $146,000 in one day pre-sale 
even after they botched the fucking event. <laughs> it was pretty shameful. Law showed me the video and they literally took a metal ball to the windows and the whole window shattered like the screen on my iPhone. <laughs> didn't come didn't like penetrate. Didn't go through, but it is shattered, right? Um so the term cracked. It cracked right. to the point of cracking the whole frame of the window, though. It was, shattered actually means something like... It's it falls. Well, yeah. it looked like if the car drove off, then the pieces would probably fall <laughs> away as the wind blows it out of the frame. <laughs> and, you know, I just think it's interesting that Elon had to do the rest of the demo with those two shattered, cracked, or whatever you want to call them, he windows really behind them. He really It's like did. a reminder, like, he didn't care. you're wrong. <laughs> um, I'm going to hype this truck <laughs> despite that. I'm going to hype the truck. I think is Law had told me it looks like something Kanye would definitely buy. And I agree. This truck looks like... If they had, if they did a Otis remake with Jay Z and Kanye, this truck would be the forefront of the video. Um, it it's so like transformer looking, like it looks like Kit and is about to talk to you and is about to do all these things and like I, it's it's cool looking, it's super cool looking. I, I think they need to make a, a coupe version of it. Um, I would say that this would be a perfect car for any black person. Uh, who who wants to protect themselves against people that stop and frisk in New York. But then again, I would say this probably wouldn't be a good car for you because this car looks so different that someone would want to stop it. They would be suspicious of whatever is going on in that car and who's in that car. Um, it, it It's an intimidating looking car, but I love it. It's cool. I can't wait to see it in different colors. So you hype? Yeah. Are you going to be jumping now? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so the only reason that I am hype nerdy. did you hype no no oh. the only the only reason that I am hyping this is because I've been inside of a Tesla before. I know what they're capable of. I understand the technology behind it just 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 enough, and I think that what this is going to do is flip the auto industry upside down because of the price point. It's thirty nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars at a starting point. And then it goes up to 69000 But that just depends on how many miles you want between charges. And ultimately, honestly, every single vehicle that has ever been released that's been this big has had a shit rating when it comes down to fuel efficiency and a shit rating when it comes down to just the general health of the climate in relation to the vehicle. This will be one of the few vehicles for the first time that we can have in market that can do all the things that those vehicles claim to do. Whether it's the horsepower, whether it's uh, actually handling large storage, it can do all of those things. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's just like jumping on a bandwagon or something. I genuinely believe in what companies trying to do for the automotive industry, and I hope it expands. It's really going to take them to solve that Midwest bubble because people in the people in the middle of America are like thirty nine thousand dollars for a truck. Meanwhile, they'll go buy a fucking four F one fifty for like fifty thousand yeah. dollars, and I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. And maybe, maybe they won't like the fact that the design looks like something that would be in Blade Runner or Kanye West video. But there's other people on the flip side that might like that shit. Um, the rims look like Legos. I love it. <laughs> it's just so dope. I, well, I, I said all this to say the 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 bigger thing for me is that technology's gotten to a space. That is so good and so rare that if you don't keep your if you don't keep up like all the big three right now, they're not trying to keep up with what Tesla's doing. They're like, 
we're going to build things around at our own pace and we're not worried about it. This is how Blockbuster got wiped out. Mm-hmm. So if you keep up, if you keep on going down the route you're going and you're just building these motor vehicles, eventually they will stump out so much ground Tesla. that they will take you the fuck out. And Tesla, I'm here for that shit. The Amazon of cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to our main topic of the day. Mm, uh, I'm really excited about this. So I went to Friendsgiving yesterday and during that Friendsgiving, one person ended up telling a story about him and his friend who was his roommate. And when you stay with your friend, there's always things that you guys set as boundaries, rules, etc. But in doing so, you kind of are a little lenient on it because it's your friend. Like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. You let things slide because that's what friends do. Yeah. In this case, I don't know how else to say this, but one time his friend comes home and when he comes home, he says, hey, can we talk for a second? He goes, yeah, sure. What's up, man? He goes, well, just to let you know, um, apparently I'm going to be a dad. And he goes, I'm trying to figure this out right now as we speak. But, you know, I wanted to know and I wanted to let you know what I'm thinking of doing. But, I, you know, I need you to tell me whether or not you're okay with it. So he says to him, I would love for my baby's mother and the baby to stay here at least throughout the remainder of the, the the lease, which is for the next four months. And we'll figure out whatever from there. He looks at him. He says, all right, give me a little bit of time to think about it. He thinks about it the next day, comes back to him, says, absolutely not. He says straight up no. He says no. And... He says, the reason why I'm saying no, and he gives his reason, he goes, I think you're underestimating what it means to bring a kid into our space. Our house, which is a two-bedroom. Bachelor pad. Yeah, it's a bachelor pad that doesn't even have a couch in the living room area. It doesn't have anything that's even remotely furnished in the living room space. And then on top of that. They live in a two-bedroom Yeah, they live in a two-bedroom. Okay. But he goes, on top of that. Yeah, okay. but he's like, on top of that, and this is the bigger issue, he's like, it's not baby-proof. You need to baby-proof a fucking house. You can't just bring them into this space and not baby-proof it. And he's like, you're underestimating what this means. And then he's like, on top of that, I mean, that's another person you're inviting into this space on top of the woman. And he's like, first off, I didn't even give you clearance to invite her in, but that's three people. He's like, that's too much. Can so I- as a as a friend, though, and we, we argued this last night. We argued this as a friend. That's your friend. Your friend is telling you, I have a need. Your friend is telling you, I need your help. Yes. And your response your need, is... Your need is condoms. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. I hate you so I'm much. I'm kidding. And your response as a friend is, no, nah, I can't do that. And so we, I ask him specifically, why couldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, because... You're doing this to convenience yourself while inconveniencing me Mm. and the apartment in which I chose to stay in. And we signed a lease together that wasn't about you having an additional two people in that space. I said, God damn, that's fucked up to say out loud. It is. Wait, is that is that messed up to say out loud or is that really just the truth? And the truth just sounds really bad. It's your friend. 
What are you talking about? So what was well? Okay, can I? Two questions. How do you not wait? What, I'm so confused what? as to what. Okay, ask your question. Okay, my question is: They had four months left of the lease, correct? Yep. yep. How far along was she? Was she? Did she already have the child? Because, like, the baby was already born. The baby was on its way. On its way, like when? I think the baby was coming in like the next month. So when did his friend who was becoming a dad find out that he was becoming a dad? Probably a few weeks before that. That's another issue. That's another that's, that's, issue. That's, that's, that's not neither here nor there. So he found out but late. But that affected. But regardless of but, him finding out late. That, his girl telling him that he's going to be a dad in the second trimester or whenever that was, super late in her pregnancy, now affects his roommate. But you don't see how that trickles down into becoming his problem now? We keep using the term roommate, but that's also his friend. Okay, but in this his case, friend. they're roommates and friends. Yes. It's still his friend at the end of the day. All right, I'm not taking away from the fact that they're friends by saying that's his roommate. Because he is his roommate. Okay. And if he was just his friend, they wouldn't be having this conversation because they have their own apartments. But they're roommates at the end of the day. That's fair. Right. That's fair. Which means they have, they are not only friends, but they now have a, a contractual agreement to each other on outside of the friend space, which is their living arrangement. You, you think, so let me ask you this question, because this is what came up last night. That's your friend. Your, what is your opinion? Are you not helping your friend in that instance? Your friend's coming to you for help. Before I answer that, what was the consensus consensus around what he should have done in the conversation yesterday? What were people saying? Like I told you, there's around 16, 17 people were there. Three of them agree with me. Which is what? The rest of them did not. Three of them agree. They were with siding three. with him. Who? The guy who straight up said, You're inconveniencing me. In my own oh, space. Oh, so you agreed with him? I disagreed with him. Oh, you disagreed with him? It's my friend. Okay. I would have brought my friend so in. So the majority of the people that heard this story yesterday mm-hmm. agreed with the guy who felt inconvenienced. Yes. They were like, bruh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have a story myself. I have a story myself. Um, but I still want to hear your answer before you give me your story. Okay. Uh, my story is I don't know if I can handle that. Okay, even if you don't know if you can handle that, it's your friend. So just start from that perspective. And they need you in this moment. I don't see... I mean, it's tough because at the end of the day, I purposely don't live with my friends. I purposely have never had a friend as a roommate because of stuff like this. I don't want anything outside of the friendship to infiltrate in the friendship that has nothing to do with the friendship. So it's it's hard for me to say what I would do because I wouldn't even be in that position in the first place. Oh God, now you sound like him. He said that. He's well, like, I would not even put that on my friend. No, I'm it saying wouldn't I wouldn't even be living with be... a friend in the first place for this to even be a situation. Um, So the baby's coming within a month. Mm-hmm. So essentially he would be living with the baby, the newborn baby, the his friend, and the friend's girlfriend for three months. Um, I can understand why he had the stance that he did. And yeah, you're saying friend, 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 friend. But at the end of the day, it's not about not being there for your friend, but it's about knowing what you can handle as a person. And I've never lived with a newborn baby. I don't know if you have. 
You're saying, oh, God, because I don't I'm, I'm saying, agree I'm with saying, you. Oh my, no, I'm saying, oh, my God, because at the end of the day, you have to... Sometimes you got to go through some shit that you wouldn't necessarily want to go through to just kind of either placate or in some ways sacrifice for the relationships that you have. And I, in this I case, can agree with that. And in this case, how is it that your, not you, but him, mm-hmm. your selfishness takes over in that scenario like i'm but one can ask don't you think it's selfish of the guy who's about to have a baby to now put this burden on his friend burden it is a burden living with a a a newborn and someone else and someone else is nothing that anyone would choose to sign up for and maybe because you haven't done it you don't understand that concept of how that could be a burden I've, if I've you're had coming numerous up, people if you're, crash for months at a time. People, we're not talking about a, a two-week-old uh-huh. baby. I've had, I've had my friend and her daughter crash. How old was her daughter? Her daughter was like three going on four. That's different. I've had them crash for three, like three-month increment. Didn't give a shit. I had my friend stay with me for like four, five months. Didn't give a shit. Like at a certain point, if you are friends, you, you, get, you shouldn't even use the word friend if... If in this spot you're just gonna go, uh, can't do it, man. You getting convenience to me, man. What? How y'all friends? How are y'all friends? I think at the point you have to ask yourself, what you're saying that he's you're saying that the guy is saying no to this is being selfish. Yes. Where 100%. my thing is, where does the girlfriend live? She does not have a place to stay? Because seriously, because I'm not saying that as a friend you should never be inconvenienced. She I'm just, stays with her mother. Okay. You don't think this should have been thought out then ahead of time? What? 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 They're going to stay at her mom's place? She lives with her mother. Wait. Are he they going lives- to answer that question? You think they should stay at her mom's place? Why not? People do it all the time. People have kids oh, move back in with their parents and, and the parents love helping out their grandkids they that's what parents are there for essentially at that point in your life when you have kids you're expect wait so wait time out time out time out i think what's crazy is you're expecting more from the friend than you're expecting more from her own mother you're expecting him to say yes with wide open arms i would love to live with you and your girlfriend and your newborn as opposed to her mother being able to say the same why would you expect more from that than from actual family? That's what's conflicting to me. One, when it comes down to privacy, who the fuck wants to be around their parents in that? Who, When it comes down to privacy, who the fuck wants to live with your friend, his girlfriend, and a baby? There you go again. That's <laughs> like... But that's what I'm saying. The same thing that you're saying for why the, the mother should not take them in could still be applied to the friend. At that point... Did they exercise all options? Or are they just expecting him to say yes because they're friends? I don't think that you should expect more from one person than you would expect from your own family at that point. And, and then on top of that, it bothers me that she chose to tell this guy at eight months, nine months, that she he's about to be a dad. But that has that nothing is, to that do has with... That has, nothing, to do. that has nothing to do with a decision that was straight up made by Listen. him saying... Nah, 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 I'm I'm uncomfortable. I'm I'm uncomfortable with y'all. I'm going to tell you why it has everything to do with it. It's a trickle-down effect. 
had this girl told her boyfriend, his friend, hey, I'm pregnant after the first trimester because most people wait until after the first trimester to see if it's something that is real. They would have had six months to make a decision to move out, to find different ways of, of handling their situation as to now it's down to the wire. This baby's about to be born in the next week or a month. And now his friend has to make a hasty decision that's going to affect him for the next three, three months. I don't think that that is fair. So yes, it does trickle down to that. And yes, I do look at that as something that is affecting the situation because had he, she told him earlier, he would have known earlier and he would have told his friend and maybe a different decision so, could have been made. And, and here's where me and you have different perspectives on that. Regardless of when he found out as a friend, I'm going to make sure my friend has a space I appreciate for their that. child. But people know, people know what they can handle. People know what they can that's handle. And, Someone and, may look at me and, and be like, Avia, you're not a friend because you would never choose friends as roommates. Well, call me not a friend then. I just know that I live a certain way and I know certain ways that my friends live. I know we would clash if we lived together. And, 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 and we would probably not be friends fine, afterwards. But they already lived together. Right? That's the difference. They already lived and together. Contractually, and contractually, he signed up to live that, with one person, not three. Now you're the lawyer. This is great. Listen, I'm gonna tell you my. Uh, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my story. Because my story is so similar to this, it's scary. I before I lived in the place that I live now, when I was living in my two bedroom. Do you remember that? And you I had a roommate. Yeah. I had a roommate. It's who almost was, a decade ago now. You know that, right? It's close. It's like what two and a half years off. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Um, I had a roommate. I was living by myself and I found out that one of my ex-boyfriend's friends who I was friends with in college, not friends, but she was one of his roommates back in college and that's how I knew her. Um, he lived with two guys and two girls and she was one of the girls that they, they all lived with each other. Um, so I found out that she was in New York and she was looking for an apartment and I was like looking to save money. So I was like, you know what? Maybe we can just room together in an apartment. I found a two bedroom in my building on my floor. Um, she had not been having success with finding an apartment because she kept getting denied everywhere. And luckily my management company was willing to like dig deep and find out why she couldn't. And there was a discrepancy in the past and they got that fixed. She got approved and we moved into a two bedroom. <laughs> we had rules in the beginning. She asked me how I felt about company. I was like, I don't really mind company every once in a while. Like that's not a thing for me. But what ended up happening was her boyfriend ended up becoming our third roommate. Her boyfriend ended up coming over every single day, spending the night every single night. And I was like, wow, okay. I didn't know this is what was considered company. I thought company left, right? So at some point, um, we're about three months into the lease. And she comes back and she tells me one time, you know, she, she wants to have a sit down session with me. And she tells me that she's pregnant. Three months pregnant, actually. So the baby was conceived as soon as we moved in together bloop. with our third roommate bloop, bloop, that bloop, I didn't bloop. know I was going to have when bloop. we moved in together. And at that point, the baby would have been born basically three months before our lease was going to end. 
So I had to make a decision on, are we going to continue on this path or are we going to separate, right? Yeah. And during that time, I told her, I was like, well, do you guys think that you would want to live in this apartment by yourself? Because I'm thinking two bedroom, have a room for the baby. Like maybe I should just move out. And she told me they could not afford that apartment by herself because her baby daddy was making minimum wage. Um, so then I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I should find another roommate. I don't, I don't really know what we should do in this. She's like, well, you let me know what you want to do because you're the one who helped find this spot for us and da, 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 da. Um, so I ended up telling her that I was going to move out um, and let her have the idea or the, the room to find another roommate if she wanted to. I just felt like I should not have to be subjected to living with you and your boyfriend like I already have been and your baby. Mind you, she was going to have family come in and help her when the baby was born. It was going to be a whole thing. So it, it just wouldn't have been living with three people. It would have been living with three people and family and visitors and everything when, once the baby was born. And I was thinking to myself, I already can't deal with the fact that your boyfriend is here every night. But of course he's going to be here every night now because you're pregnant. And he's going to take care of you. And I'm not against that. But guess what? He's not paying rent. And so him, her and I had already had a conversation about him living there or staying there actually prior to her coming out and saying that she was pregnant. And I told her that I wasn't really into the fact that he was always there. And she was like, well, I make sure that he's not in the living area and, you know, all this other stuff. And he's not really infiltrating your day like that. I'm like, I understand that. But at the point where I see you every single day when I get off of work, when I leave for work, you've become my roommate. And then at that point, she was like, well, do you want him to pay rent? And I'm like, honestly, I just wanted to live with one person. That's what I wanted. That's what I signed up for. So at the point where I signed up to live with you, I signed up to live with you. I didn't sign up to live with you and your man. That's not what we signed up for. So now I have to decide if, if I'm going to live with you and your man and your child. Wow. And I bounced. Now... I left at a time that she felt comfortable with me leaving because there was only a couple, there was like one month before she was going to give birth and there's a, like three more months left on our lease. And I thought that and she- can you reiterate how old you were during that time period? Uh, I was in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to- It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I never felt comfortable in my living space. I would literally come home from work and I never felt like I had a peace of mind in my own living space. Because if I walked through the living room and her boyfriend was sitting on my couch watching my TV and there, that was the only TV in the apartment, I never felt like I could do what I wanted to do at the time that I wanted to do it in my own space that I'm paying for. And that's what I had an issue with. I had an issue with the idea that I signed up to live with one person, signed up to live with a situation that I thought I could handle and the situation changed and became something else and I felt inconvenienced the whole way through. So when it comes to being inconvenienced and when it comes to having a peace of mind, I think those are very important 
things. And at the end of the day, I don't think we should judge. Wait, I don't think we should judge someone Mm -hmm. for not being a friend when it comes to peace of mind. Because we talk about mental health, we talk about anxiety, we talk about all these things and how people should have sympathy for people with these issues. When it comes to peace of mind, that dictates how that that how your day is affected, how you treat other people, how you feel about yourself, if you're depressed. And if he felt like him staying in that situation would affect his peace of mind at that point, yes, the friendship does have to go on the back burner because it's yourself you're dealing with right now. And that's just as important as a friendship. So I don't think that there should be judgment against this person because he knows that he could not do well in that environment. So... The difference between the story that you're telling versus the other story that Is that they're friends. I get it. No, it's not just that they're friends. One's bringing in a baby. Like a legit... What's the difference? Here's where I'm going. When you're really friends with somebody and a baby is on the way, whatever is needed to make sure that that baby is hitting the ground running and off to a good start, help how you can. And if that is taking you know, two, three months where you're like inconvenience, quote unquote, fucking okay. Because that's what fucking friends do. What does family do? Family could potentially do that as well. So why did why was it such a weird thing for me to ask why it wouldn't have been okay for them to stay with her mom? Because I've already answered this for you. If they're feeling like there is a lack of privacy within with staying with their mom, with both of them together, I can completely understand that. There's a bunch of adults that don't feel like staying at home with the parents is the but way. But that's a situation they created for themselves. So they yeah, and, they, and, and, they can have their the, lack of here, privacy and, and then he and, cannot? And, and as I said, <laughs> as your friend, I'm coming to you because I don't want to have to take an option like that. And I would hope you would understand. But clearly, you don't. No. I, I, I just think it's another thing where... the. And I don't. Are they still friends now that he said no, or did that did that create some sort of tension between them? Because now they have to exercise other options that they probably chose not to. It exercise created before. a smidge of attention. Uh, 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 oh, Jesus, attention. <laughs> I mean, it created a smidge of resentment only because he also then has to expose that I don't really fuck with your girlfriend like that too. Oh, or your girl, not his girlfriend, but the baby mama, whatever you want to call her. Oh. Well, see, that's well, that, that's that the part of the story you, you failed to tell. Wait, wait, wait. But that that's <laughs> what he told us at the very end of it. He's like, that's the other part of it. Like, I don't really fuck with her, so there's that. It's like he's just adding layer onto the layer, regardless of the kid, and everybody's just like, damn. And I didn't I in, in my story, I did not fuck with <laughs> my friend's boyfriend either. I my thing is, it's not about who should sacrifice and who should not? Because Click. my follow-up, though, was could you just have taken the baby? Because that's what he asked. He's like, what if it's just me and the baby? He's like, no. The whole situation is not ideal for for his peace of mind. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> he no. was very clear about that. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Um, and my thing is, I think that as a friend, you should respect that because just like your friend respects your decision to choose to have a child and it's not in the perfect circumstance that that you're having this child, but you're still having this child. Just like your friend has respected the fact that your baby mother has chosen to tell you on the third trimester that you're about to be a dad. I don't think that he should be penalized for those actions by saying, okay, let me give up my peace of mind because 
your baby mama didn't plan things correctly. Clearly. And she didn't. She didn't. You look at this situation and you look at the timeline, the baby mama did not plan things correctly. And I think that's why they're in the predicament they're in. And he should not have to take fault for that when he had nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, that's what it is. But okay. I think that I think that at the end of the day, you know, we say, well, we should do this because we're friends and we should do this because you're my friend. But I think that this guy who said no knows that if he allowed the situation to play out, that they probably would not be friends afterwards. Something would transpire or something would happen to infiltrate their friendship and it's possible that they would not be friends afterwards. And I think he, he could foretell that. And that was part of the reason why he said no as well, is to preserve whatever friendship they do have at the moment. Because who's to say what could happen in those three months? You're saying it's only 90 days, but anything could happen when you add a baby and a girl you don't like. What's your into. conclusion then? That's my conclusion. My Got conclusion it. is I don't think that we should judge him for him not taking the action that you would have taken because we don't know what it is when it comes to his peace of mind. Everyone has different things that they need for their peace of mind, and it's not going to match yours. Great. So here's my conclusion, and this is where I'm ending the, the show off. Um, I feel like you, not you, not you directly, <laughs> but him. Me. Him directly saying that it would inconvenience him tells me everything that I need to know about where they stand as friends. It tells me everything I need to know about where he believes his life is versus his friend's life and how everything in his life right now is surrounded by what he needs and that's the most important thing. And that's fine if that's how you are. And that's also fine if that's the kind of friend you are. It just tells me everything I need to know about where your relationships are, which is, to some people that's okay. For me personally, it wouldn't be okay because I would expect more from my friends in that scenario. I have one. That's it, that's it. That's my plain conclusion, that's the end of it. I I just have one question before we end this. Did they talk about how they would divvy up the rent? Yeah, yep. he even how, said that he would pay more money. He would pay. Yes, he would pay more money. I think three fourths of the rent. I think he was he was going to just pay him more money in general, whatever that would have been. Well, and have he said he didn't accept it. He didn't. Ex- he didn't care about the money. He's like, I have money. You have money. I don't know. He said no. Well, if they both have money, then I don't see why the guy just can't find their own place with his baby mama and his child. Well, if they also, got money like if that. I'm asking you for two, three months, and then I can figure my life out, I'm not seeing why that's an issue. The, the girlfriend obviously didn't see any importance in having the time for her baby daddy to figure his life out, which is why she told him at eight months. That's problematic. All right. And just like <laughs> problematic. that, that is our show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can catch us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I guess, and the Twitter. <laughs> at Goodnight Harlem. Good night. Buenos noches.